If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. It's time for Tuesdays at Top Golf with Austin Lane, Brent Martineau, and the Jacksonville Jaguars all-time leading scorer, Josh Scobie, sponsored by Top Golf. On a Tuesday, got your girl in the Hey, football at five here from uh, Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Josh Scobie, former Jags kicker, joins us uh, now on the show for the final hour of the program, and he begins by shaking his head. Yeah, a lot of shaking of the head going on right now in, in Duval, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Here we go again, right? But uh, let's get to the important stuff before that. Uh, line Friends, have you ever heard of it? What is it? Line Friends. I have not. All right, so we're in California mm-hmm. this past weekend. We go to Hollywood. And, Never uh, heard of it. <laughs> I put my name on the Walk of Fame. Uh, we see the mural for Kobe Bryant. We go up there, and it's like, I was a surprised by Hollywood. I, I didn't realize it was Times Square-ish. Like, it has a lot of the lights and the big billboards oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And so anyway, it was, it was all right. I mean, whatever, it is what it is. And uh, we were going to In-N-Out Burger, which is like a block away, because you got to go to In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. And so we're going by, and we had already seen this pretty long line. We had no idea what people were, what store they were going into. Yeah. But we had to pass it by. And so all these people are still waiting. I take a left. All these people are waiting all the way three blocks down the road. And we had gone by this store called Line Friends, like L-I-N-E, Friends, F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Yeah, man. And I looked inside because I was like, are they going here for something? Like, I, I just couldn't compute it. And their shelves were empty. Like, there was, like, nothing in the store. Wow. And I still really, I just didn't take the time to do it, and I just started eating my burger. Yeah. But what the hell are Line Friends? Go and get you some of these Line Friends here, Josh. So Line Friends appears to be just like pop culture, like plushy toys. Um, you got some clocks. It's like a... It's kind of like the whole, the whole Hello Kitty uh, uh, like craze. Beanie Babies and... Yeah, there you um, go. You know, what What were the other little kitschy things that always... But well, you had Tickle Me Elmo type thing for a while. Yeah. Tamagotchis. Remember Tamagotchis back in the day? Did you have Tamagotchis back in the day? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, yeah, you're a little too old, aren't you? Casey, you look this up. Is that what you're getting back there? That's what I'm getting. Bunch of stuffed toys of nothing. What is wrong yeah. with people? Like, what are we doing <laughs> in society now that there's a line for that? 30 Guys, bucks for one, by the way. Is yeah, it 30? Not, I was going to ask you. We're not you. giving these away. So I, $30. Yeah, I would pay more money to punch every person in the face that's lined up <laughs> for that. Yeah. 30 bucks. I'll pay you 40 Let me punch you in the face. Go home. Okay, so this started off, I'm looking up the, the information right now. So it started off as an anime series, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I figured. It so I'm going to So you, In one. fact, you just bought one. It always yeah. starts yeah. Amazon actually, at your door actually, to walk. I actually have two right now in my possession, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is just amazing. Like, because I kind of, I will know, not punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Every holiday, I kind of wonder. I'm like, I wonder, like, what's the yeah, gift this year, right? I mean, yeah. what's, like, yeah. the big thing? And maybe this is it. But I'm telling you guys, this this line was was legit. 
Yeah. Like, you know what it reminded me of is we've gone and covered the draft before. And when you, and people like the Bold City Brigade and others that listen in, they know because a lot of them have gone. And then you, when you covered it in New York City, especially, to get in, you had to wait like early in the day for a ticket mm -hmm. that you would eventually use, I think, later in the day. I think that's how it works. And so we would be there covering it, and this line would be wrapped around the building. And that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, are they waiting for a ticket to get in somewhere, like a concert or a club? Yeah. No, it was to buy a $30 stuffed animal. That's crazy. I thought you were going to say, like, people were in line to get gas or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I doubt that many waiting in gas in California. It's $5.09. Oh Is it God. really? $5.09 a gallon. Soon. It'll oh, be here man. Soon. Forget that. Not everything comes from the West Coast, does it? <laughs> no, I was going to say. <laughs> I was not. not. <laughs> by the way, when I was in Texas, it's like... 240 when I was there. Was it? Oh yeah. What, what is it even here now? Like 299, 350, yeah, something way like that. Too much. Still up there, yeah. 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 But it was 509 there. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Uh, all right. Uh, football at 5, and obviously the story is uh, James Robinson here in town. If you're just jumping in, we talked about a lot in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, you heard James yesterday uh, talking on Jags Report Live, and uh, basically the moral of the story, uh, yeah, he thinks he got benched and thinks he deserves the ball a little bit more for the production that he's had. I think everybody in Jacksonville kind of agrees. Uh, the other thing that we noted today, and I think this was kind of missed, if, uh, unless you really watched the show live last night from Sneakers in Jack's Beach and on Fox 30, that... He said he felt as good as he's felt since he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, everything about James has been, well, he's not 100%. He's not, but James is telling us last night that he feels as close to 100% as he's felt. Not to say he is, and nobody is in December. We always acknowledge that. But uh, this was not an injury kind of feeling, at least from James's point of view, where I'm like, I'm banged up. I'm not sure I can go in. So I think that adds some clarification, at least from that end, to what's going on here. Uh, listen, man, you've been around a long time. Uh, Josh, uh, you've been in locker rooms that haven't won. You've been in locker rooms that probably had drama that we didn't even know about. Uh, what I keep con I, I keep saying, this feels like such an unforced error by Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This does not have to be what has been now a two-week and sometimes a season-long topic about James Robinson. Yeah, I think it's, it's more of the... I, I don't want to call it urban taking out frustration, but it might be Urban Meyer. It might be the running back coach. It might be the offensive coordinator. But they might be taking out their frustrations in a little bit of a petty way. Um, this is not college. You don't bench someone for fumbling if they are your best player on the field at that given point. Mm -hmm. James Robinson has done great things for this team, and granted, it's only been a very short you know, uh, time period for his career, but he's done really good things, and he's a very stand-up guy. So you don't just sit him down after one fumble for, what, what was it, 16 to 20 plays? 16 plays last 16 week. 16 plays 20, last week. 20 this week. That, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I think I think they're just taking out their frustrations in wrong ways. And you're not going to be able to tell the coaching staff any different because they're going to do what they want to do. But it feels like everyone has gotten to that point where they're so frustrated that they're making horrible decisions. Uh, guys, uh, you guys have been in the locker rooms before. This is a high-profile position. It's running back. So you notice it. There's only a couple running backs. Um, I wonder if you guys have been around where you've seen it kind of happen before, where somebody falls out of favor, and even the team's kind of like, well, 
you know, I don't understand why he's not playing. He's a better player than X player that's going in there, but mm -hmm. nobody in the media and everybody's talking about it because it might be like the, you know, strong safety or the seventh rotation on the defensive front or an offensive lineman, you know, a guy that's not getting the ball all the time. It, I mean, is it somewhat common for maybe players and even people around the organization to disagree with actually who is playing and who's not? I mean, I think on successful teams, you don't have that too much. When you're losing, everything's amplified. Um, I think it's more common than it is not. Um, I've shared this story before, and it's not necessarily a you know, playing time, but when I was with the Bears my last year, Martellus Bennett, who was a tight end, got in a fight with Kyle Fuller. Now, Martellus Bennett, you know, they kind of got into a little bit. Martellus Bennett, being the beast that he is, picks up Kyle Fuller and spikes him on his head, right? Could have did a lot of damage. Thankfully, Kyle Fuller was okay. Fuller was a rookie then, right? He was a rookie that time, yes. And a first-round pick, right? First-round pick, correct. Yeah. Mark Trestman sees this, tries to set a precedent, sets an example, and sends Martellus Bennett home for a week. Now, there was two schools of thought with this. The younger guys were like, well, that should have been done because we can't be getting hurt out here. And some of the older veterans who are staples in that locker room thought, well, this is one of our captains. This is a guy who's been in the system for a while. You're going to send him home. What kind of precedent are you sending to us older guys? So there was definitely some locker room divide over that. You're always going to have like, There's always going to be some kind of locker room divide, whether, yeah. it's, you know, whether it's political stuff, whether it's you know, who's playing, who's not. But great organizations, great cultures can overcome that, I think. Yeah, and they don't have these issues that persist here and it seems like it's been persisting since week one yes. yeah and that's the problem you know he had five carries against houston i went back and looked at it. he had five carries yeah. and he was fully he healthy, was healthy to start the year yeah i know they got blitzed in the first half but he had five carries guys. but still you you have to give your best player as we all think it they might not think that and that could be the problem they might not think that the organization might not think that james robinson is their best offensive weapon at this point but he was really good last year, and he needs to be given more opportunities. And it seems like that Urban has given too many of these guys that he wants in there too much of an opportunity. And it's like a self-destructive thing that's going on, and a lot of people can see it. It, it, it's, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and keep in mind here, it's really two things that, that are the issue. Number one, it's obviously not playing your best player in James Robinson. That's an issue. But it's also, it's the issue of going about how you're doing this. Because we're not getting a straight answer. Well, one week, it's, well, you, well, you have to ask the running backs coach. Next week, well, you know, he was more hurt than he's letting on. And then James Robinson comes out and says, well, he wasn't hurt. So then now all of a sudden you have a disconnect. Now all of a sudden nobody's on the same page. So I have also, I mean, probably more offensive to me right now is the fact that how you're going about doing this to James Robinson. I get, okay, if you fumble, go ahead and bench him. I don't agree with that. So be it. That's fine. Bill Belcher does the same thing. Whatever. But I have an issue with how you're going about it in terms of, well, you don't even know why you're doing it in the first place. Or yeah. At least you're not telling us the truth. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I think Josh brought up a good point right there. The bottom line is, unless they're just idiots, which I refuse to believe they can be this dumb, uh, yeah, is, that they, is that they don't believe James Robinson is that much better than, than Carlos, Carlos Hyde, right? And especially if he's banged up. And, and what this stems from most likely is a lack of speed on James. The, the thing you could pick apart about James's game is speed. And we know Urban likes speed, and this offense lacks speed. Yeah. And so that's what they could say. Now, we all think that's foolish because we've seen stats, and we've seen James for a couple years, and we've seen Mark uh, Carlos Hyde here before. Yeah. <laughs> and Carlos Hyde is an okay backup, but he's not better than James Robinson. Like, I think that's crystal clear by now. Uh, but even then, I don't see the problem with Urban saying, listen, guys, 
James has been phenomenal for us. He's an unbelievable story. But he's not 100%. We don't feel like he is 100%. We know he's toughing it out. But we think a 70% James Robinson and Carlos Hyde are about equal. So splitting some reps until he gets healthier and sees more explosiveness is, is what we're going to do. Like, I don't understand why that's throwing a guy under the bus. I don't understand why you can't make that explanation. If that's the way you feel, there's an out there for you to be able to just say this and avoid this whole mess. Yeah, it's quite the mess. And the problem is we, you know, as fans and anyone in the media doesn't know what's going on and we're not getting the full story. And Urban, you know, is just kind of deflecting everything to everyone else, uh, even though he's, you know, the micromanager uh, that he, you know, claims to be and also at the same time the head coach. So we don't know what to believe right now. Are you actually leaning on your offensive coordinator, your running back coach, your defensive coordinator, your defensive back coach, or are you are you actually doing things? So we don't know. You you tell us you don't know when someone is in the game. That's not your job. Ask them. I, I think that's a, a big load of crap. And this was a guy who was so hell-bent on being transparent to start the thing. Yeah, so it was kind of fun, right? So and, 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 and we celebrated it. We're yeah. like, wow, this We're, is different. Like, this is new. Yeah. He, he's taking a, he gives a peek behind the curtain. Now, all of a sudden, when, you know, it hits the fan a little bit, and of all times to be transparent, when it's not going well, when it's a mess right now, this is your time to step up and say, here's what's going on, here's why yeah. it's happening, and here's the plan going forward. You do the exact opposite. You go out of character. Maybe this is your true character, and now it's the exact opposite. Like, there, there, there's no consistency in terms of the coaching. There, there's no consistency in terms of personality. And if that's the case, and your coach is like that, well, then what is your team going to be like? And, and by the way, guys, I'll give you an update here. Uh, Brent Martin, Josh Kobe, Austin Lane here Tuesdays at Top Golf Football at 5 here on ESPN 690. We continue to talk about James Robinson. Well, Urban Meyer has a coach's show this afternoon on Jaguars.com, and he is either not being coached or he's the most uncoachable guy out there because... Mike DeRocco said uh, on his coach's show, he said Jaguars coach Urban Meyer speaking on his radio show reiterates that he doesn't micromanage the running back rotation, and when a running back goes back into the game after a fumble, it's up to the coaches. And so here's the deal. If you are not going to by now on Tuesday evening at, at 5 o'clock have an answer or a better answer than that, and if you are going to continue to trust your coaches and you don't see the absurdity with the whole situation over two weeks, then fire Bernie Parmalee today. Yeah. If, if you're giving it up to him, then fire him. Put a microphone well, in That's the problem. He's not allowing any of these other coaches. Like, oh, you need, that's a question for him. You need to ask him. They're not being given that opportunity, so he's deflecting, and now no one knows what to think. Brent, how is this any different than when you had Doug Marone asking about personnel questions, asking about GM questions and ownership questions. When you guys were, were grilling Doug Marone and he's looking down the hall saying, I don't know, he's a, something like, to come bail him out. Yeah. How, how is that different than this right now? It really is. How is that any different? It isn't. And here we are again. Only this would be like Tom Coughlin in that situation sure. saying sure. it because yeah. this is the czar. Yeah. Coughlin was the czar, yeah. and basically Marone was pointing fingers down the hall saying, hey, I didn't create this mess. You go ask the guy who created the mess, yeah. right? Well, the guy that's creating the mess is actually deferring to, like, the 17th guy that would answer the question about the mess. All, like, yeah. you, you'd, then ask, <laughs> no, you'd ask Daryl Bevel, yeah. then you'd ask Brian Schottenheimer, then you'd ask Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson, and then you'd eventually get the freaking Bernie Parmalee. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. talks to the running backs coach. No. And by the way, the running backs coach doesn't have any power. 
No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's a great Tom Coughlin comparison. All we need Urban Meyer for him to do on the show, and Brent, keep by that cell phone to make sure he, he says this, is to break up Logan Cook a little more. Say, guys, I know things aren't going well right now, but Logan Cook is punting out of his mind right now. That that would be the true Tom Coughlin effect. I can't wait to hear that quote. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this, so this is where we've gotten. And that was the one, one of the many things I was afraid of whenever Urban was hired was – if we got off to this type of start as this organization, he this would be the first time in his career that he's ever been a part of not only a losing team, but a team that's losing a lot mm-hmm. and losing the way they're losing and how he was going to handle it. Mm-hmm. And it's coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of that. And a lot of people are worried about that. And, and seeing, you know, the way they're handling it is... To me, it, they're doing it the worst way they could be. This is, i got to be honest with you, what you just said is something that's very disappointing to me and has to be disappointing to the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No doubt Shad Khan and some of his research had, had run into some people that think the way people think about Urban Meyer. Like, logically? Well, not necessarily logically, but just don't either <laughs> like him. We thought maybe he had a target on his back. It's like, don't do this. It's a bad hire. Maybe some people are like, I don't know if you want to do it. I'm kind of of the camp that when he got hired, I'm like, you know what? Let's see what he can do. Like, yeah. Don't tell me that. He, I mean, he's the third winningest coach all time in college football. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that guy's going to go 2-10 and ten and create all these messes. He's going to at least change the culture a little bit. He knows how to win. He knows what winning looks like. Like, I could buy into that. I did buy into that, if I'm being honest. I can't be hypocritical here. I tried. And yep. so what aggravates me the most, as a guy who bought into that a little bit and said, all right, let's see this thing work, is that Urban is proving all those people that hate him right. Yeah. You're right? I and, mean, he's proven yeah. all the critics right. And I just don't understand that. Casey, if you don't mind, we're going to play something that we played about two hours ago about the health of James Robinson. Because I want people to hear this in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, everybody I think now, or a lot of people have seen on the show last night, Jags Report Live, uh, and also on social media, that's really blown up when James said that he thinks he got benched and he thinks that with his productivity, he deserves the ball more. Well, I started the show, uh, Josh, with, with saying that I don't think that's the most profound thing he said. Uh, yesterday. Uh, I think Urban Meyer has kind of hit a little bit behind the injury of James Robinson. He's not 100%. He even said it again this afternoon. Like, he's just, he's not hitting that next level like he was earlier in the year. He doesn't have that explosiveness, the juice in his legs, all those things. Okay, well, if that's it, then we all wonder, why did you play him at the end of the game if you're concerned about his injury? Like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. But Before we even got to the bench stuff yesterday, we asked James Robinson about his health. How does he feel now that he's played a couple games with this injury, now that he's coming back from L.A., a long trip? Well, listen to what James Robinson had to say about that and also a report last week from Ian Rappaport that he might be a game-time decision because he suffered a setback in practice. By the way, from a a physical standpoint, after the long flight coming out of that loss yesterday um i mean i felt pretty good it's probably the best week i've felt since the injuries happened so i mean i didn't feel just a little bit sore but i felt good there was some concern going into the week and again we don't know because we're not around but there were reports that maybe there had been a setback or an injury that maybe you weren't going to be able to play was that was it a game time decision is it fair to ask that was it at least a game time decision yesterday did you know that you were going to play were you planning on playing what were your thoughts going uh, into the game james no, i was planning on playing the whole okay. week i mean i'm not sure what the setback was i mean i don't know where it came from okay. but i mean i was ready to play 
uh, throughout the whole week. So. Mm -hmm. Now listen, if you're a big conspiracy theorist or whatever, all right, you can say, well, where did the report from Ian Rappaport come out yeah. that, that he would be a game-time decision and suffered a setback, yeah. right? Now, again, reports come from all over the place. But the bottom line is James is refuting that report and said, no, I was planning on playing the whole week. In fact, there was less of a workout prior to the game than I've seen in past weeks. I've had the camera all over James, like in the pregame shows, uh -huh. watching and waiting to see how he feels and to see if he tweaks anything or what they would say, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. Well, there was less of that this week in L.A. They huh. were planning on him going. And then, of course, to hear him say, once you hear the head coach talk about injury so much, yet James says, I feel the best I've felt since my injury. I mean, I'm not saying he's 100%, but... The injury's not holding him back at this point. Yeah. It feels like somebody else is holding him back. The coaches are holding him back. It feels like there's a clear disconnect between James Robinson, Urban Meyer, the running back coach, offensive coordinator, maybe even the head trainer. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But there's a clear disconnect, and the communication is not there. And they have to get that figured out. I mean, obviously at this point, with the record being that it is, it probably doesn't matter, but we're talking about things that can make the organization try and trade James Robinson and, and get him out of here in the offseason. And that's something that I think is a bad idea because I, I like the kid. I think he's a good running back and can be someone that can lead this organization the way he does. And there's a clear disconnect. Well, and here's the bigger problem, right? Uh, and, and we'll continue to talk about it. But you want to get rid of mistreating players. You want to be able to cultivate good players. And yeah. if the Jags continue, and it's ironic that this really explodes coming off a week where you play against Jalen Ramsey, right? Because the irony there is just you couldn't write it in a movie script. Yeah, we had to Speaking bring up of Hollywood, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing that we're talking about all this mm -hmm. coming off of that game, and they haven't fixed it. I thought Urban Meyer would fix that. I've been wrong on that. I, he's not fixing that right now with one of their better football players. Again, it, listen, Jalen Ramsey to me is a Hall of Fame player. I'm not saying James Rav Robinson's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, I got you. All right? But he's one of their better players without question. And uh, he definitely deserves better than this uh, from the production that he's put up. Hey, let's get a quick check on our Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick Riles joins us right now. Captain Rick, what's happening? Well, Brad, I've got a hangnail, and I'm afraid I've had a setback. But um, but I'm going to fight through it. Uh, I can I can give the whole fishing report, despite the fact that uh, that I'm not 100%. I just got off the phone with Tony Bozella. He had an outstanding day on redfish yesterday. They said in the last three days he fished, he caught 94 reds. But the reds are just all over the flats. They're trying to put on that last layer of fat before the real cold comes. I know I'm going to be out there in the morning chasing them. I expect them to bite. Now, we got a weird situation offshore. Very little wind, but a pretty doggone tight sea that is built up to about three to five feet. That's going to make the ocean sloppy for the little boats. I know that. I was headed to the Gulf Stream tomorrow, and I've called it off. I think it's going to be rough. That is coming from a storm far, far at sea that is sending us a swell that once it gets in the Gulf Stream, it tightens up, makes it downright rough. So I think it's going to be all inshore tomorrow. Sheep that are biting very well. There's a few flounder around and lots of lots of redfish. But you can count on us to be back tomorrow afternoon, hang nail or not, with another fishing report from CSS Landscaping. 
They are paying top dollar for top landscapers and workmen's quick fix plumbing. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, Captain Rick Riles, listen to him 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings on ESPN 690 each and every day, 5 o'clock hour as well on ESPN 690. Grit and toughness come from Captain Rick. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I bet those fishermen play hurt quite a bit, huh? actually. Sure uh, they do. We will be back from Tuesdays from Top Golf. More Josh Kobe, Austin Lane. I, I really I, I want to get some perspective from you guys. Um, we like to have fun and joke around a little bit on this 5 o'clock hour, but there's a lot of serious talk in Jacksonville about James Robinson. What's going on? I'd like just to get your feel of what do you you think's going on in the locker room like how are these guys responding because in a covid world where the media is not in there it's a very hard locker room to judge right now yeah. uh, in jacksonville are, is it about to implode like austin thinks that it could potentially be on the verge of well, has it already imploded and we just don't know and is josh going to be the new host of jake's report live after you get fired who knows brent i mean <laughs> the jake's might take you out there after asking so many hard-hitting questions uh, not after tonight <laughs> uh, we'll be back at espn 690 All right, man, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, I asked you this last week. 16 plays after the fumble. Obviously, you don't want to fumble, and especially mm -hmm. in consecutive right. games. Uh, but then 20 plays on the sideline. I mean, this time, did you feel like you got benched? Uh, I, would, I would say so. I mean, obviously, like I said last week, I mean, it can't happen. But, I mean, when you're when it happens and then you're out for that long, you just kind of like, you got to feel that way. I mean, but I was just waiting my chance to go back in the game and didn't really come to the third quarter, so. And by the way, it was 11.46 mark of the first quarter where he fumbled. It was 11.11 mark of the third quarter where he touched the ball in a handoff fashion late in the first half on that nothing drive with 20 seconds to go, which was stupid. don't even know why they did it. Uh, they actually passed the ball to James a couple of times or one time that he caught it and another time he didn't. And so... Uh, listen, by the way, we could sit here and be a little critical of James. Like, he didn't catch a pass or two. Or, you know, there was one time, I think, on a first down, uh, uh, Trevor sailed it to him. They tried to get it to him on the, in the flat. Um, but it's just amazing that that the story. We don't have to do that. Like, we don't know how good James could have played on Sunday. He hardly played. <laughs> he had yeah. eight carries, and three of them were, like, legitimate garbage time in the last two minutes of a game that was 37-7. to Brent Morton, Josh Scobie, Austin Lane. Uh, it's it's really a wild thing. Uh, I have not. I got to check myself on this. I've been saying it. I don't feel like I've seen anything like this in my 14 years of covering the Jags. I also don't feel like I have been as like just absorbed with a topic in my 14 years here in Jacksonville. Like this one, sir. I go all the way back. What, what people forget about, remember there was that game, I think he got 18 carries, and I forget who they were playing. He had 12 carries in the first half, and he had only six in the second half. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? And if you go back to that, Urban Meyer didn't realize that he had, even Monday afternoon, didn't realize that he had only six carries. Like, what are you doing mm -hmm. from 4 o'clock on Sunday to 4 o'clock on Monday to not know that? And that started the misuse of, of James Robinson, in my opinion. He has not had 20 carries in a game all year. He had five carries in the first game. He had like seven or eight or something in the second game. They started to increase him because everybody was in an uproar about it. And now here we are in December, and we're back to why aren't they using him like at all again? I mean, it is a it, an absolute crazy story, and there's been some crazy ones over the years. Uh, here's where your expertise comes in. You guys have been in a lot of locker rooms that had losing ways. What's the locker room like? 
The locker room knows this story's happening. <laughs> hey, you guys are losers. Nah, <laughs> what's, what's, what's going sorry. on? It's okay. uh, sorry. Uh, the, uh, I mean, just a stack. Hey, yeah, I got it. Hey, you guys lost a lot. What's that like? I just go to Jaguars well, year by year record. Yeah, you guys are going to the playoffs. Like, yeah. What's that? Not going, going to the playoffs. I'm, I'm just the loser that covers all. <laughs> I mean, so the way it goes. Oh. But uh, I, the. What is it like? Because this is going to infiltrate the locker room. There's yeah. not a person in that locker room that doesn't know this is a story in Jacksonville. The coaching staff knows about it. Everyone in the building is probably talking about it. Uh, some are probably not happy that it even happened last night that he said it. What now? Like, how does the building react? How does the locker room react? I'll let, right, Josh. Are you I'll let you go handle this because normally I'm, you know, I'm listening to position players talk about this type of stuff <laughs> and i'm going like oh oh yeah oh oh okay yeah i yeah. mean i have my opinions about it but typically these are position players talking about it so go ahead so you know obviously if you win two games in a year it's gonna suck come to work every single day and all of a sudden meetings become mundane all of a sudden you just kind of get in this law where it's like let's just get the season over with you know, when you lose a lot, and then we talked about this a little bit, I guarantee that four-hour plane ride from L.A. to Jacksonville, there was questions based off of coaching. Why isn't James Robinson playing more? What yeah. happened with Carlos Hyde? Like, those questions are being asked in the back of a plane um, on the way back to Jacksonville. There's a lot of rumblings right now. There's a lot of frustration. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are fed up, right? Because if you're a new coach, the biggest thing that it's your job year one is for your players to buy in. Well, if you're a player in that locker room, how are you supposed to buy in when you haven't seen the results? If you're Trevor Lawrence with that offense, how are you supposed to buy in when you're seeing, I don't know, nine points per game, whatever they're averaging right now? Yeah. Probably below that a little bit. over uh, size 16. Yeah. If, you know, if, if you're any member of that locker room after going through such because we said, it, you know, it was a harder training camp, it seemed like. like yeah, my, if you're going to bust your ass in training camp and then you see the dividends being paid with two wins, and once again, expectations shouldn't have been high in terms of wins and losses, but it shouldn't have looked like this. You should be playing competitive games right now. There's been a lot of competitive games. You got curb stomped, you got blown out. So to answer your question, there's a lot of frustration right now. I think there's a lot of questioning of what what's going on and how things are being handled um, and what things are being said in the media, whether it's online or what we have to say. I think all those things are being brought to light right now. And to echo what I said in the 4 o'clock hour, I think great coaches who are truly destined to, to win ball games, see that and go, we're going to extinguish this right now. We're going to handle this. We're going to put this to bed. And one day when morning games, we'll look back and laugh at it. I think coaches who aren't cut out for the NFL or who are accustomed to losing or just, you know, losing follows them, they don't know how to handle it. And it's going to snowball. It's going to fester. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, I, I, I remember whenever we were going through so many different losing streaks and whatnot when I was playing... I would just kind of walk around the locker room, and I used to have this little show that we did where I would interview players <laughs> and whatnot, you know, to have fun with it. And it was so difficult at times, but I would just kind of walk around, and I would overhear conversations between O-line groups, D-line, any position groups, and just hear what they were talking about. And most of the time, you're just talking about your life and what you're going to be doing later after practice and all the stuff. but. Most of the time, or, you know, every now and again, you would hear them talking about the team and the stuff that they're dealing with, with the position coach, the head coach, and whatnot. And I, I guarantee a lot of that is going on right now, especially with the media not being able to be in there. 
so they can talk about it more. Yeah, yeah. And if Urban Meyer is not in the locker room physically walking around and talking to these guys, and the position coaches typically aren't either, if they're not in there talking to their guys and extinguishing these things, it's just going to persist and it's going to grow. It's going to fester. It's going to get worse and worse. And it has to be stopped at some point. You know, I'm reminded back in 2012 with Malarkey when we won two games that year. And I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never. I think we were playing Tennessee the last game. I think whatever the last Probably, game was. Yes. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I remember. Very good story about that game afterwards. Can't wait yes, to hear ahead. it. Can't wait to hear it. So I remember we're sitting in the team meeting, though, and Sylvester Kroom, who I never yeah. talked to in my entire life, but is a very well-respected running backs coach. Heck of a um, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's a fantastic dude. Uh, resume, like, you wouldn't believe. I mean, the guy knows his stuff. Fantastic coach. I remember he got in front of our team and, you know, to paraphrase, basically said, what we went through, a lot of teams won't go through, right? Like, I mean, we, we, we I remember he said we put a hard days. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. He, he said we put a hard day's effort um, for a hard day's pay. But he said he was proud how we all stuck together when we didn't have to. Um, and he kind of just reiterated that point where we're like, guys, two games in a season, like, not many teams go through this, and, and it sucks. And, like, y you could hear in his voice that he was hurt as well. I mean, we were over it. Like, yeah, we're going to play, yeah. and we're going to put good film out there because regardless of what happens with the next regime, if they're coming in, we still got to put good tape out there to try to go get another job maybe someplace else. So it wasn't like we weren't going to play hard. But to hear a guy like that who's seen it all, who's been in a lot of locker rooms say, you know, if anything comes from this season, it's how we all banded together through the hard times, that, that meant a lot to me. And, and, and it showed just, like, yeah, we weren't talented. We tried hard, I guess you could say. But, like, in terms of distractions, there wasn't a lot that happened. And, and there was some disagreements yeah. in that locker room. There was some drama in that locker room, but it never got out. And that was a testament to our captains. It was a testament to the guys in that locker room how, yeah, we, went to, we, we didn't win a lot of games, but we still cared enough to say, hey, let's rally together and at least try our best to win some more. Well, that's the problem. There's been too many distractions, too, with this group in 2021 with you know urban meyer all all the things that he's distracted the team with and now the james robinson stuff it, it's a distraction and whenever you lose it just magnifies oh, yeah. all of it it makes it look 10 times worse if they're winning everything just gets swept under the rug no big deal yeah but when you lose it gets magnified and that's what's happening I mean, it's very unique by the way again i don't know how many times this has happened but across the league how many times is your best player kind of just not do things yeah like if, especially when you're struggling like my biggest problem with this is if the jags were scoring 30 points a game sure oh fine bench them yeah your folks scoring 30 you're scoring Make seven an example of them. all right so if you're going to stink on offense stink with your best player let's yeah. just be logical about it yeah. and stink with your best player whether he's fumbling or not then you can at least pin it on him for fumbling all right so let's be smart Where's josh story, story in tennessee that? Please. Oh, wow. <laughs> little little comedic relief, I hope. I hope it's a funny story. Uh, it, this was pretty good, actually. The last game of the season, 2012, we're at Tennessee. We give up uh, a punt return for a touchdown, like, right at the end of the half. And we go into the locker room, and, you know, when you get into the locker room, you're, you're kind of going to decompress for, like, two minutes until you get called over by a position coach. Like, yep. defense over here, offense over here. Yeah. Special teams guys, we they don't tell us, hey, special teams over here. Oh, no, we can do whatever we chilling. want. Yeah. So we go to our locker, we get on our phone, you know, you decompress. You're, you're looking at your phone, you're doing whatever. So Mike Malarkey comes up to Brian Anger, who's the punter at the time, <laughs> and gives him some advice. He's like, hey, 
Brian, if that ever happens again, I want you to dive at his legs and try and get the returner. And I'm on my phone, you know, like in my locker. And he, like, hits me on the arm. He's like, hey, you mind getting off your phone? <laughs> and I turn around. And meanwhile, this, you know, like my ninth year in the league. And I go, why? Because <laughs> you have like, to give a speech I'll, to the team. I'm like, he's like, we're out here trying to win a game. You're on your phone. I go, does it really matter? <laughs> we're 2 and 14, like 2 and 13. What, what does it matter? So the next day, he calls me into the lock or into his office to talk about this. And we chat about it for like 10 minutes. Dang. He's like, I, I talked to every coach, and they've never seen any player on their phone in, at, at halftime. I go, Coach, listen. I really don't have to justify what I was doing. I understand what you're saying, but you're probably about to get fired. <laughs> so I just have to outlast you. He got fired a couple days later. Dang. I did apologize to him about a year later. I'm like, hey, I'm oh, sorry do you, about do you, that. Did you see him in public and you had to apologize? I did. Yeah, I'm okay. like, hey, it was like you called you're him a lot bigger than me, so I, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was angry at me. I'm like, what, what else am I going to do? What am I going to stretch in the... Middle of the game? No. Let me do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I got nothing bad to say about him. Because I, I, I was a captain for the Thursday night football game. He, he made me a captain. So as far as I'm concerned, you, you're good in my book, man. You're good in my book. That is, I could see him having a problem with the phone, though, after the lining Not up the helmets and everything deal. else. Not a, oh, yeah. my gosh. So many things with malarkey as a head coach. It's interesting you brought the phone up. I saw the other day, I was waiting for Ramsey to come out. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder where he's coming. Because guys warm up differently. Some oh, guys yeah. will come out. Some guys don't for come out. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the hell? Why I saw Johnny Wolford came up to me, and I was uh, talking to him a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, so we're getting some of the local guys. But I want to see Ramsey coming out. So I just tweeted out or whatever. And uh, I see, like, he tw he's tweeting. He's like, hey, this game is not any bigger than the other one. I mean, it's like, oh, he's just locker room team before yeah, the game? tweeting yeah. before I the thought, game. I'm like, yeah. seems weird. Like, I, but... I guess, why not, right? I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, well, I wasn't tweeting or anything. No, I, I know, know, I know, I know. Just, on my yeah. phone. I know. Um, oh, but you could be watching motivational videos. Yeah, I'm like, but my point being is, like, hey, that is a measure of decompressing. I think uh, chilling out. Correct. Ride, yeah. ride, I was doing nothing wrong. Down. I mean, so I was pissed when he said it to me. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like I go, does it really matter? <laughs> like, it would have been like, better if you were listening to your headphones in the Calm app. Correct. Yeah. Honestly, he wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's man. pretty funny. That's a good story right there. Uh, I think you did say something that's interesting. Urban Meyer right now is very fortunate. We live in a COVID world. If the media was in that oh locker room all gosh. the time, I don't know if this would have been as quiet as it's been or as quiet as it might be going forward. Yeah. Because that takes a huge element out of the equation. But yeah. remember, this is a guy that the, the locker room didn't dismiss after his stuff. That went on in Ohio. He owes it to this team to be transparent and do what's best to win the games and their star players. And right now, I just don't think he's doing that with James Robinson. Well, he's also fortunate enough from the players' perspective, too. Because keep in mind, with this James Robinson situation, if we were in the locker room now asking questions, we'd be asking the players the questions, too. Absolutely. And, and, and that would get old after yeah. a while for players. And that will happen tomorrow and Thursday, but it yeah. won't happen to all 50 guys. It will happen to a couple of them, yeah. uh, including what I continue to say is this, is this young quarterback should not have to field these questions. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have to most likely uh, tomorrow. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Tuesdays from Top Golf. Rolls on for one more second. We 
you might not have seen this on TV, uh, but we saw this in the press box. You tried to come on the field a time or two. I think Carlos Hyde tried to come off the field a time or two. Were those just packages, or were you being told stay on the sideline? Uh, no, I think uh, Carlos wanted a breather, I think. And then um, I think I, I was going to run out on the field, and then they just said, no, no, no. Like I think they said, never mind. He just stayed, ended up staying in there. But uh, I'm not sure uh, what's going on there. So It's like harness on James <laughs> Robinson. Carlos Hyde wanted to come out. They reeled him back like in. A, like Captain like, Rick had. Like had a, a kid at Disney when you got on the harness says he can't run away. Yeah, I'm back here, man. I remember I was watching it from the press box because we're all, now by this time, you know, we're on, we're counting plays. And so I'm <laughs> watching, like, when's he going to go in? And then he, and he actually ran five yards out on the field, and I'm sure you don't see that on the TV. But we could see him, and then he pulls back in, and then Hyde looks like he's coming off. Nope, stay out there. That was like a couple plays later. Yeah. And, and then even when I remember, I think it was like the 21st play he was going to miss, Hyde was initially in there, and then they had some kind of stoppage, and they put Robinson in after at that point. And so, I mean, I, it is baffling, all that stuff. By the way, Jimmy B. Classic tonight, Texas Tech, Tennessee, coming up on ESPN 690, Villanova, Syracuse. we got some college hoops coming up tonight. Meanwhile, college hoops, the Gators got beat last night by an 0-7 Texas Southern team. Oh, wow. UNF Ospreys will That's go to Gainesville tomorrow, try to capitalize maybe on uh, the Gators not playing so well. Check out unfospreys.com for more information on uh, schedules, results, and news, and how you can get tickets. The Ospreys men's and women's basketball team will be home Saturday and Sunday. Also, softball schedules out for the UNF Ospreys along with the baseball schedule. So, unfospreys.com. Brent, I'm not one for nostalgia or anything that much, man, but can we just go back to week two, week three, when the <laughs> biggest conversation topic was, is Josh Allen dropping back into coverage too much? <laughs> yeah. You, you remember, remember those days? The good old when, days. When, when times were simpler, well, when I had to bring up T.J. Watt stats to show, hey, you know, he's not dropping back too much. That's how a 3-4 defense works. We've come a long ways from week two, week three. I, I do have this last question for you guys on this, and I know we've spent the whole time, but hey, listen, this is what people are talking about. These are talking about kicking news, Josh. Yeah, yeah, you know? I, mean, yeah. I was going to say the kicker's Matthew Wright, sagas. Matthew Wright's yeah. a hero around yeah. here. Yeah. And, uh, and Logan Cook is, uh, is, is really good. He should make the Pro Bowl, by the way. Logan Cook, that is. I mean, look, you could have Logan Cook and Jamal Agnew. I hope so. If if Agnew hadn't gotten hurt, he oh, would yeah. be he the Pro Bowl returner. Yeah. What did I see? Uh, oh, the Berrios kid from Jackson, uh, from the Jets. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Really, uh, punt returns, kick returns, having a nice season. He's coming up, okay. So I'm wondering if he now will, because he's played the whole year. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But you guys, uh, you've been around it really, uh, I think, how many times were you a captain? Quite a few. Yeah. I don't know exactly yeah, how many. Were, quite a few. Year. I was there. I, I wonder how much of this now, it doesn't look like Urban's going to help us out here right in terms of clearing the air in the media no. or whatever i don't know what he's doing behind closed doors how much of this now is on the leadership in the locker room to maybe go to him and and try to say hey like what's going on yeah it, i mean uh, from what i understand you know whenever urban is transparent he does talk about he, he has conversations with the leaders he has you know groups individual meetings with these guys and Honestly, you know, people talk about leadership in the locker room. It only works if you communicate with the coach and you're transparent. So I'm hoping that he does listen to these guys and really do what they're saying that, you know, this is what we're hearing. But honestly, that doesn't happen a whole lot. It really doesn't. And, I mean, I've had meetings with coaches where we talk about it, and it's just kind of the thinly veiled allure that you're going like, all right, 
that doesn't really mean it's not su substantial yeah so i hope it does but i don't think it's happening yeah i wonder what this looks like in another week 10 days two weeks i don't know i don't know if it goes away yeah maybe the jags win maybe robinson plays or do they exacerbate the situation right now urban meyer is doing nothing to alleviate the no. situation all right have a good baseball practice well, Coach, that's where we're happy here <laughs> swinging there's my dude all right uh cbs 47 fox 30 more on the james robinson front coming up tonight back at it tomorrow at three o'clock austin lane josh Kobe. i'm brett martin oh, thanks to casey kurtz we got college basketball coming up on espn 690 have a good night <laughs>